What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good, make a difference in our local and global community. I'm very excited to introduce my guest today. He's a longtime friend and one of just a great human being. His name is Carl Stevens. Welcome, Carl. Hey, hey, man. Happy to be here, dude. It's uh, long overdue. I'm excited about your building. I know. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it has been long overdue. We we obviously live on opposite ends of the world, especially now. Um, but uh, yeah, we we keep in touch pretty regularly. Well, once or twice a year. <laughs> and it's al- enough, and it's always day. like long. It's always like we we always hash it out. We like get it all in, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, I think something I appreciate about our friendship and and you know those relationships you have with people where you're able to kind of just fall right back into it, you know. Yeah. Even though some time can go by, uh, life moments can happen, things come up and come and go. There's there's like that respect of. Absolutely. Just falling into the same old jokes and, and yep. conversation. Yep. Well, and I think it's a true like test of friendship in some ways when you can take those long breaks from having a conversation with someone and then just pick right back up where you left off. Like, um, and I I feel like we've always had that. But um, totally. I- Carl, we met for the first time at Invisible Children. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I have almost every podcast I've brought up Invisible Children. <laughs> Not quite every podcast, but almost every. Uh, it's just been, It's. I'm sure you have some similar feelings about it, but Invisible Children was such a foundational moment of my life. Like, it just, it holds a very special place in my heart, and um, I don't know. And you're a product of that, and I, I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, there, there's so many. It's interesting. There's so many people I've I've met from from IC. So many learnings uh, beyond just relationships. Just learnings, figuring out myself, figuring out you know where I could fit into the world. It, it's interesting. I was actually speaking with my mom uh, the other day, and I was doing some traveling, and she was like, "Isn't it just like like you know how moms kind of just interrupt." you know, something you're saying, not in a bad way, but they just yeah. kind of cut you off with a thought. And then just, she was just like, isn't it amazing? Like such a blessing that you can go to cities and not just cities in the U S but all over, like all over the world, you yeah. go to cities and you know, somebody there now, um, <laughs> it's you know, that, that, that started cause this thing is like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. It is true. It's amazing. It's yeah. true. It, it is. It is amazing. Dude, you are, um, speaking of family, you are one of three, is that correct? I'm one of four. One yeah. of four. So I've got, Dang. Yeah, I've got the twin. I know. Yep. So I'm the oldest. You're, five minutes. You do have a twin brother. Older is older. So oldest and then a twin brother and then a middle brother and then a uh, younger sister. Okay. Okay. Got it. One of four. See, I wrote my notes one of three. Man, <laughs> slacking. Well, slacking. Well, I'll tell you, the, the one brother has... Like no social media, he's off the grid. He's I, yeah. I love him for it. He's he's unbothered by it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
you are uh, you went to school at South Carolina University of South Carolina. Yeah, the one and only. That's right. Good old Gamecocks. Oh, I love them, despite their best efforts to continually break my heart. <laughs> I uh, I have a buddy back in Minnesota that I work with, and he played football for uh, uh, the Gamecocks. He was, I, I don't think he ever really made varsity or anything. He had some injury issues, but um, I started pulling out some names, and it's all because of you, sir. And he was like, how do you know that guy? And I was like... <laughs> I just know stuff, man. Um, I just know stuff. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I saw, actually, I saw I saw on uh, the amazing Instagram account you have yeah. for this. I saw, I saw that. Trevor. The segment yeah. that I actually thought that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was cool. It's a, it's a fun little fun little bit. You're a big football fan. Both in every sense of the world. Football yeah. globally with soccer and football. Right. American, I, I, I love them both. Just sports yeah, in general, let's be honest. We, we yeah, definitely bond over sports. So, <laughs> um, What did you study at South Carolina? Was it economics? Yeah, man. You have a great memory. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I went into school very unsure of what I wanted to do and be. And I, I kind of, you know, I, I thought maybe sports management. I thought journalism yeah. for, a, for a long time. And then... Um, I settled on economics mostly because, you know, the the teachers, I think, on the day of school that we went to kind of declare sold me and my mom really well. And, you know, economics is a really versatile degree, which yeah. turned out to be to- totally true, by the way. But, like, you know, I think they, they just liked me and or, <laughs> wanted more people in the programs. So like, sure. economics is for you. And I knew I didn't want to do the business school. Yeah. But economics let me kind of get a marketing degree as well. So it was, it was oh, nice. way. So, you're, in. so you you did get a marketing degree then too? Well, so t- technically minor, marketing minor, gotcha. but the, the business school was, is I mean, South Carolina's business school is actually really, really great. Yeah. It's one of the top international business schools, yeah. um, but they're very rigid if you enter through the business school that you stick to a minor that's within the school. Sure. And I wanted nothing to do with like, you know, certain business or financial things. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah, that's funny. I I kind of forgotten about that, to be honest. I mean, uh, like the economics, and I was trying to think of what you, I, I thought that's what your major was, but I was, I was like, man, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem very on brand for me, does it? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, because this was my next point was you were, when you worked in Invisible Children, you were the social media strategist, correct? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you've kind of stuck with that whole like marketing, um, creative side of your uh, your life, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the the cool thing about econ for me was it, it set the foundation for my love of trends and following patterns and trying to decode and figure out. A society, you know, macroeconomics anyway. I hate yeah. micro. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at micro. But the, on the macro side, I loved, I loved just seeing the cause and effect yeah. relationship. And then that led into the, the marketing minor. And, and the cool thing about Invisible Children that I really loved, uh, and it's interesting when I look at a lot of people in their profession now, it really led to 
allowing for transitions and capitalizing on what people were good at, not necessarily just what they came in doing. So I remember like Rachel Ashley, for example, you know how uh, when I first came to IC as an intern sure. um, and, and roadie and stuff, I remember she was not originally in the art department. Right. But uh, Jason knew she was great with a camera when he when he saw some of her stuff. And was like, oh my gosh, we we got to get you in here and do yeah. this. And I remember uh, Noel, you know, really took a chance on me. And yeah. Saw some potential for various things. I mean, I'll always be grateful for that to her. Um, but she she took a chance on seeing me be able to do certain things and, and allow this transition that kind of, yeah, set me off on the trajectory that I've been on. Yeah. Time. Well, and that's the, I mean, honestly, that's the beauty of invisible children in my opinion. And it's like, uh, what's the, what's the phrase? Uh, game recognize game or, you know, yeah, you know what no, I'm saying? Like, totally. it's like when, when, when people recognize the strength or, or something that you were good at at Invisible Children, it was one of those, um, hey, like, <laughs> let's get you going down that direction. You know, you had each other's back. And, um, you know, I even feel similar, similarly, you know, in the just kind of the different gigs, I the roles I played there, and um, which is cool because it's, it's honestly – opened my eyes to some of my strengths and some of the things that I enjoy with like logistics and, um, figuring out those puzzles. And, um, yeah, I, I like, I really value the time I spent there. I, I, I don't think that that will ever be a time that is forgotten for me. It's just such a, such a pivotal time in my life. No, I mean, it's interesting, even even in the moments, and, and obviously, you know, everybody everybody had these, like any job, even in moments that are frustrating or, you know, stressed, or even if you didn't agree with a certain direction of things, yeah. all that stuff, the relationships, the mm. people, uh, the understandings of, of trying to do good and be better and all these these things yeah it, that doesn't go away i mean it, what's crazy i just read a study actually that it was like a survey where um in talking about job satisfaction uh in the workplace one of the biggest questions that people responded to with really really low or mixed results was do you feel your current job is um using using you to the best of your abilities what mm. you're doing at the at your job is it using you to the best of your abilities and the overwhelming answer is no, no. yeah and so so it's so interesting to think about like i see for example where they really to me did a great job of for a lot of people recognizing oh you came in doing this but you're really good at this so we're right. gonna move you into doing this right. versus so many jobs i've seen in like the quote-unquote professional world or whatever yeah um you know, you go in and you fit a job description right. and then that's kind of like the concrete walls that get built around you because that's what you came in and were hired and paid to do. Right. And, and, and instead so of, of working people, to your strengths and, and playing yeah. to your strengths. And I, I completely agree. Yeah. So And, and you're filling a need. And I, I get that, right? Like they right. hired you to fill a need. But um, a lot of places don't, don't look at... Um, value and potential just because they don't take the time so it's interesting anyway. i i completely agree I, I i think that stuff's really interesting and i even wonder 
man, I, I think that there's so many people and, and maybe it's, maybe it's just my age or our age. Um, as I get a little bit older, I see so many people that are like just discontent with their life. And I really wonder a lot about it kind of speaking to what you, what you were saying there. Um, and just lack of purpose. And I think that in the workplace, when you're not playing to your strengths and when you're just filling a role and you're doing something that maybe isn't when you're like paddling upstream, you know, uh, it's just difficult and it it drags you down and it, and it doesn't help you hit your stride and, and feel like you're have purpose and you have value. And I think that that's really important. It totally is, man. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I never, or I try, I try not to, I don't know. I'm in no position to lecture other people, you know, per se. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, it, well, it's interesting. Likewise. Think, like, well, in the sense of like, you know, there's perspective, right? And so if, if you, like for me, you know, I can, I can honestly say certain things about my current work stuff that I do. It's not the same sense of fulfillment from some of the IC work. It's not the same level. Sure. Um, so for some of those things, I've had to find purpose and value outside of work. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's a better there's I, I I could do a lot better on my own balance of that and, and trying mm-hmm. to get more value out of the work. Um, but I've realized, like, man, I've, I've had to supplement other things just to try to keep afloat in that area, just because they weren't yeah. coming from work and stuff but, yeah. yeah well and and i mean that's where crazy face uno kind of came from in a lot of ways and you know i've created a couple other you know different instagram accounts and it's just what am what am i what do i care about what what is important to me what are the things i enjoy what are the things i like to do and how can i um invest my time into those things and just see where it goes see what happens and it, Crazy Face Uno, doing good and helping others and like being a part of something bigger than myself has always been something that's been important to me. And um, it's just, it's, that's exactly kind of where it stemmed from. I mean, I've, I've been working up until this move and, um, you know, where I left my job and now I'm in Florida and, um, you know, I'm just solely focusing on Crazy Face Uno at the moment. Um, We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it's just been one of those things where, hey, I want to invest my time into something outside of the work that I'm doing that, you know, it was meaningful and fulfilling as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's 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 exactly what you're what you're saying. So why don't you why don't you um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now or what you've done post Invisible Children? I mean, I kind of spoke that you were the social media strategist at, at Invisible Children, but what have you done since then, Carl? Yeah, so uh, this is, I mean, which, this is great, by the way. I'm one of those people who, you know, I, it's a gift and a curse. I am very good at thinking about the present and what it, like, the, what currently. Yeah. I am such a, a struggled, you know, playback person and, and reminisce <laughs> sure. slash review slash uh, go over. Um, but yeah, so, so leaving Invisible Children, I had this really interesting, uh, departure where 
in the what was it in the winter so in the new year of 2014 i had just gone on this crazy trip to to israel and, and met some incredible people and you know yeah was with invisible children through the spring and just trying to really think like what do i want to do next and i really knew that i loved making things i loved storytelling as i know a lot of us do and, and did um and i was really excited by creation of you know not even necessarily like making you know movies or, or documentaries or anything like that um or TV shows. I just liked stories and wanting to be a part of people making cool things. I mean, truthfully, that's what drew me to being on on Noe's team at Invisible Children. Um, right. And it was this chance to work with Noel and these other people like Alex and, and Monica and all these other people in the art department um, to, to make things. So I left IC and I moved home to South Carolina for a few months and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and the World Cup was on, and I remember I just started making fun little side projects around the World Cup, and then I finally realized, you know what, I, you know, living in San Diego for so long, um, I, we had all these friends moving up to LA to go make things, to go do things. Yeah. So I decided, hey, you know, pack a bag, and and I reached out to a friend from the IC days uh, named Penny, who um, you know we had been involved with doing some cool stuff with the yeah. Buried Life and trying to, um, you know, we, we did a, a thing to get a, a person a, a bionic arm, like cool little, like, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not throwing that out there as like a humble brag. This woman did like 90%, if not more of the work yeah. in, in that scenario. But it showed me the ability of like, there's so many cool people out there to collaborate. Right. And I hit her up. I hit her up and was just like, hey, I'm coming to LA. Like, can I meet with you? Can I tell you some of the ideas and things I want to make? And, um, that kind of kick-started a path I actually didn't see coming, which is kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Uh, this this other offshoot, uh, which was starting to work on, you know, with an advertising agency and doing some creative work and account management work and seeing the side of the business uh, of, you know, big big brand work and, and yeah. how that creative works. And it's interesting. It's an industry with a lot of burnout. It's an industry with a lot of narcissism vanity um there, there are people doing really great really cool work too though so it's not all doom and gloom in, in the in that world but um so yeah so i bounced around in in the agency world for a while what is what does your day-to-day look like in so in like that, in that specific area like the ad world yeah. and... so it's kind of like i i i you know i mean the the sexy answer is is I was basically Matthew McConaughey and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days <laughs> down to the physical features and slow draw and accent. Um, and Kate Hudson came along and we, you know, we made it work. That's one of my favorite movies. Matt. Did you know that? Dude, great movie. It's such great a good movie. movie. My wife gives I'm me like, such a hard time. That's ridiculous. Rom-coms are, I hate horror movies. And, Same. You know, it's... It, I love a good rom-com. If you ever want to hit me with like crazy stupid love or come out right. with, I'm with you. anything like that, uh, you know, is, that's, that's the jam. This is um, why we're friends, Carl. There you go. Sports, <laughs> sports and rom-coms. Yeah, miss me with the horror <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, so, so my day-to-day was, was half kind of interfacing with clients, working with producers to get 
things done, get things off the ground, are things being made, or, or campaign things and tools and pieces and content getting finished. Um, and then the other half of the job allowed for kind of a lot of creativity and still having the ability to pitch campaigns and pitch yeah. experiential stuff and kind of build out, which which is what I love. Sure. That, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why I st- stuck with that industry was here I was having the chance to have a direct impact on the brainstorms and idea sessions that made work. And I really, yeah. that, that I love. And that's something that I got at Invisible Chill than any place else was working with amazingly special and talented, far more talented friends than, than myself um, and getting to collaborate and toss around ideas. That's, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. So, that creative um, control. So, yeah. And it's not even control though. Like I, I, I'm okay with people changing my ideas i'm okay yeah. with with that i just want input like i just want yeah you know i'm sure there's so there's definitely some ego involved you know i think I'm, i'd be naive or, or lying if i didn't say like i love the feeling of when somebody tells me that's a really great idea yeah you know, like i don't like think there's anything girl. wrong with that i don't i don't that's my yeah. my take i mean what what's good. wrong with what well, yeah what's wrong with having a good idea and, and enjoying being told that I, I think it's a good thing so yeah I'm, I, I'm i think it's good to be proud of yourself i Same. i think you know sometimes i treat it like it's probably like a drug like i, I want approval which is probably not a good thing that part sure but, no yeah it's interesting i don't need the creative control i want like the five kudos. people in a room and if they build my idea into something cooler then that's great and if my ideas don't even get used that's great i just like to contribute yeah i'm with you i i also enjoy those types of things as well whatever that looks like but um, cool, cool. So you currently work for, is it, is it a marketing firm then or? Yeah. So I left, I left this bigger ad agency a little while back. I was, you know, trying to bounce around in the freelance world, which part of it I liked, you know, I asked a lot of, um, friends doing interesting work. So I was latching on to, to projects that, that interested me and them. And, and I was trying to work in like development and doing a decent job um, yeah. of trying to like, pitch ideas whether sure. that was short stories podcasts documentaries anything that was interesting you know yeah. like like hey i heard this story about how 20 years ago in the canary islands or excuse me the azores islands probably butchering the pronunciation azores uh this this sailboat washed out this is a true story 20 years ago in like you know 90s okay uh 1990 a sailboat washed up on the azores with a ton of cocaine yeah and it, it, this one sailboat set in motion 20 years later, this island is still suffering now all of these consequences of this one guy deciding to pull his boat in to patch a leak or whatever, <laughs> a, a rudder. And so, so it's a fascinating story. So I love stories and trying to pitch that. And so I've been. Is there a movie about that? No, not yet, but okay. there needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so, so I was trying to you know, pitch, pitch development for ideas and stories like that. And then yeah. recently I've, I've latched on to another agency where I'm working to do some, some, uh, cool things with some clients. They have. It's just a lot of, um, campaign related work. Um, yeah. Just like there's certain stuff with YouTube and other, I mean, not in a too all whoring kind of way. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just want to, I want to make cool things, man. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm right there with you. 
there's just so much cool content out there these days and oh there's so much it's it's really amazing i mean some of my i don't know i'm sure you're familiar with some of these just with your own work but um you know some of my one of my inspirations for starting crazy face uno was mr beast oh yeah 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 and just i mean they're just fun videos, right? But his ph- philanthropy, if you will, um, just giving away money and, um, you know, doing fun things. And I, I feel like he's genuinely a, a good guy. And uh, I don't know. Those, I mean, you brought up, um, what was the one show? Uh, uh, the, uh, the Buried Light. The Buried just Light, the... yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, they're obviously, in the past, those have been, you know, great people. But just good there's another one called um something yes yes uh, theory yes theory yeah. yeah yes theory that's awesome yeah. as well and i just love that i i think that you know hopefully someday that be in the situation where i can do some cool stuff like that as well but um i just i love i was journaling about this the other day i've got my journal here in front of me and maybe i can find it but i I um I just I just really enjoy like the uh, what's the word um just like making people's day, you know? I think it's so fun. Yeah. I love I I've brought this up several times on the podcast too now, but one of my favorite things to do is like before I go to bed or when I have just free time to do whatever I want, I'll I'll watch the like America's Got Talent or the uh, X Factor or whatever it is, so whatever it has Simon Cowell on it. Like, he's my guy. <laughs> like, yeah, Simon. But uh, it's the, like, positive ones, you know? It's the ones where they hit the golden buzzer or the ones where they're, like, shocked and awed. And I love, I love that. I love seeing people's hard work come to fruition. Uh, I think that that's there's something special about that. There's something that it brings me like so much joy and, um, touches, touches a deep part of my heart and soul. Uh, and I don't know, I think that's super, super yeah. fun and super cool. And there's just so many ways to like be creative and, and to, to not stick with the status quo and, um, spread positivity. There's enough negative shit out there these days that it's just, it's, it's, that's low hanging fruit. It's easy to like, pick on something and and beat it up and i'm guilty of it as well it's so easy it's so it's so crazy how hard you sometimes have to work to not be critical 100 i i I struggle with that too i mean it's it's one of these things where like you know i look at you know i look at like i look at movies and, and you know i think it's important to recognize like when obviously when others do it but obviously you know really too when we do it ourselves I'll see a movie and I'll just be like, man, that movie was this and that and the other, and I'll, I'll disparage it. And and look, people have a right to be critical of the things they pay for and, and whatever. Yeah. But sometimes I catch myself in these moments. I'm like, why do I care that much? And and in in this regard to to disparage this thing, like take it easy, man. The person right. just made it to you know entertain me or yeah. whatever. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. I think there's something really wonderful about trying to, you know. Uh, consume great things trying to see things like the stories that like look at the what was the guy from um the guy from the browns 
uh, who you know left junior college. Did you see this recently? The wide receiver I don't know if I did. left junior college uh, to try to make an NFL. Wanted to get into a training camp with any team that would have him. Went down to the Browns training camp. Sure. Wrote an email to like one of the strength and conditioning coaches explaining his situation. Was yeah. sleeping on park benches and oh, using a I did gym hear about membership this. Yeah. that he had to shower and was like, you know, just just doing whatever it took. And then he he gets in, he, he actually starts doing well with the team, and then returns a punch for a touchdown the other day. And That's awesome. Look on his teammates' faces, the announcers screaming. Yeah, you can imagine the people watching at home. It didn't matter. Like, people were touched by that. You, yeah, you know, everybody they, wants to so. see success. They want to see people succeed. They really do. I think that that's, like, I think we we crave that. Yeah, well, I, I was reading, I mean, not again, I just, like, I try to, I just consume so much stuff just because I'm, I don't know, either curious or overly addicted to my phone, for one thing, which yeah. is definitely probably <laughs> Like <okay>. Les? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I, I saw this thing that was basically pointing to, I think it was, like, NPR, and it was basically saying, like, if you want to feel happier in your daily life, it was it was saying one of the best things you can do, and, and I think it came from, like, body research is what they did, but one of the best things you can do is strike up conversations with strangers. Mm. And, yeah, and so it's really interesting. But basically they found that these seemingly, like, random or – uh, you know, silly, out of the blue conversations yeah. with strangers can actually provide, um, you know, more happiness than you know, like anything else in your day. Yeah, like random people, because like it basically washes away this idea. Of, I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing. I kind of forget what it was about, but like maybe it washes <laughs> away this feeling of like we're not connected. Yeah, it washes away feelings of insecurities around will this person like me or yeah. whatever so like positive experiences with others like strangers it, it has a huge effect on, on happiness. well inclusion uh, it's belonging right you yeah belonging. absolutely and don't you think um there's a, a piece of that too is just the it's like the concept of like you are what you eat or you know like i heard another bit that was like you're you make like you are 50% of the people you spend your time with, you know, or like your friends, like that you spend the most time with, um, like you become those things, you know? And so when you are doing good or when you're meeting new people and like finding that belonging, like it just, it brings in a greater purpose and value, I think to, to just to life. I've noticed that even with, you know, again, bringing it back to crazy face, Uno here, um, you know, there was a few little projects that I did early on back in Minnesota. I, I bought some flowers and some gift cards for a local coffee shop and just took them to my neighbors. Um, it's a simple way of giving and showing you appreciate someone and um, just doing good, you know, and and so simple. It costs like 10 bucks and you can do something good for somebody. But it felt awesome to like just see the surprise, the the smiles on their faces and you know whatever the corniest things the simplest things you could point out but it felt really good it's just it's just a good feeling to do good and something i've really been focusing on lately personally myself is just showing appreciation and saying thank you to just 
the simple things, uh, whether it's, you know, you're at the grocery store and you see somebody pick up a can or put something back in the right spot, you know, it's like just show appreciation for like them doing that. It's like giving positive reinforcement for good things, you know, um, it's just, it's so simple and it's just, it, it feels good. One, it's a simple way of like doing good and making a difference in someone's life and also like encouraging positive behavior, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think too, like, and this, this goes back to, you know, I, I mean, I think there's two, two aspects to that. One, I think, you know, my mom would say, you know, in a, not in a selfish way necessarily, but like the laws of attraction, like the more of that you put out there, the more of that you receive. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but also, I, you know, and this was something that, you know, this gets said a lot. I remember this is like one of Jason's favorite things to say. And, and I, I think it is true. And I think it was it Oprah, but that idea of like, people want to, people want to, you know, that idea of, I see you, I hear you and what you have yeah. to say matters. Yeah. Like people, and, and that's like an easy thing to fall back on and whatnot. But like, I think something that really registers is in a world where we're more connected than ever, but a lot of times that connectivity means you're in this elevator with people all looking at their phones. Yeah. Having somebody look at you and smile, not in a creepy way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having somebody look at you and, and, and acknowledge your existence, having your existence acknowledged and someone just yeah. be like, you know, nothing more than, you know, casual, you know, like you're saying, saying thank you or, or hey, you doing okay today to the people you know or whatever. Yeah. Having somebody take a second to, in our fast-paced lives, show us that little attention to yep. you and your existence matter. Absolutely. You know, you're here. You're here. That's that's a, I think that's a really, really cool, good thing. Yeah. It's like, I see you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Carl, you brought up, you kind of, mentioned it briefly but your trip to israel yeah do you mind sharing some of that with us and kind of telling about that i think that's a i know you've told me a little bit about it um i would i'd love to hear a little bit about that trip yeah of course um so you know i'm I'm jewish Um, yeah is jewish and uh it's very interesting we growing up in south carolina um you know like let's call it at least you know i'm having i would don't have an exact number but we were a minority in the sense of religion and the majority of my friends were christians whether that was southern baptists or uh you know catholics you know whatever and um so minus big major holidays like passover you know obviously Hanukkah and mm-hmm. Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and things like that. Uh, outside of that, once we got through periods of middle school and high school where we were going to the synagogues often, um, you know, we were a little at- at- attached from the from the religious aspect of that stuff. And yeah. So uh, we had the opportunity. My brother and I, we were we were my twin. We were all about to be on the wrong side of age to go on birthright, which is that. Okay program they send you over and you experience a lot of cultural things uh, stuff like that yeah and uh we our younger brother actually went before us and had this really cool amazing experience and um so we decided to go and 
so briefly over that like christmas break kind of period of 2013 into 2014 yeah we decided to schedule our trip and um it was amazing it was really interesting we so you go on this trip and you're with like 20 other kids you know your age or younger for the most part they were younger which actually ended up being really cool yeah because i think kids either thought whoa like they're five years older than us they're really cool (laughs) Or it was just like a chance to be around younger, you know, people by that yeah. margin and, and just have have fun. Um, but it, it was it was amazing. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things, good and bad. You know, obviously there's a lot to unpackage with the ongoing conflict stuff with Palestine yeah. and um, the situations there where. You know, there's a lot I don't agree with and really struggle with as far as, um, you know, the, the state of Israel and some of the things they do. Um, sure. But but it's interesting, too. Like, I, I don't know. I have a really hard time with this because I, I, I like to really challenge myself to want and work with, you know, people who are being oppressed and, and yeah. to understand that side. And there is definitely things that are going on where these people are being oppressed but it's interesting because i see other parts and elements too from the perspective of people i met in israel and um i don't know i I mean i guess like anything right like in life it's there's no black and white no shades of of gray yeah um, but, but so anyway so you learn and we're educated on on you know the the conflict you were educated on judaism itself we we met a lot of people from different religions like uh the Druze, which is funny because my twin's name is Drew. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Druze, you know, different spelling, obviously, and everything. Uh, the Druzian people and what their religion was, uh, was fascinating to me. I was meeting people in a culture, um, uh, you know, we met a lot of, of Muslim people that, that it, I don't know, it, it so was out of my comfort zone in, in certain ways. Yeah. I'm, you know, very, I think, I like to think, open person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not even that I was like nervous or scared comfort zone wise, but just you're, you're getting so much different stimulus. Um, yeah. And, and so a cool part of the trip anyway, to try to make this, uh, long story short is, uh, you get a number of Israeli students, your age who join you on the trip. And for okay. them, it's kind of like this re- reward, right? Okay. Uh, you, you know, there's military service over there that you are required to do. So right. a lot of these people, have just completed their military service okay and they're really meant to give you the full immersion the full experience right you get to talk to these people every day you get to joke with them you get to hear their thoughts on life from wherever they're from be it cool. tel aviv or, or be it like one of the settlements yeah in, in kibbutzes um but yeah the food the people i don't know I, we met these uh, this a few people really stick out in memory all people i'm all still very close with and um I just I remember this this one young woman who uh, she you know I very early on the trip I had this big crush on her and uh, <laughs> I, I remember this conversation just because she was fascinating so yeah. articulate really intelligent and um, I remember something to the extent of like asking her like on a day to day thing like what was her like what was her like schedule after school and she's like oh well you know I, I have um, I have piano lessons and I made some like really stupid 
off the cuff remark. I don't even know why. I mean, it's probably like a, just a young guy putting his foot in a, um, his mouth with a girl he liked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said something stupid back, like, oh, your, your parents making you go do that? And she gave me this look, not even recognizing I was kind of like teasing her. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she's like, no, I, I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to learn how to do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm taking it. And it was such a simple answer, but it so shocked me because on the whole, so many of the Israeli people that we met um, were so incredibly motivated and so incredibly wanting to soak in anything they could get their hands on. And I was so struck That's by cool. that. I really was. Yeah. Uh, in a way that this is not a PSA advert for Israel. I, I was just so moved by that. Like, I was yeah. like, man, I look at going home at the end of the day, unwinding with a beer or something, and right. just cutting it off. And to this woman specifically, she was just like, I have a limited amount of time to learn everything I can. And so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, you are so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I think, so yes, so it's great. Isn't it interesting? I, I was talking with uh, a buddy uh, from college recently, um, Calvin Walterhouse. He, I did a podcast with him uh, as well back at the Bethel boys series. And he has spent a lot of time, you know, in South America, Argentina, and um, just a bunch of different places. And one of his comments he made uh, the weekend that we were all together was how Americans are so focused on our job and, like, the work you do. Um, And I just wonder, I guess, you speaking to that or saying that, you know, about, like, man, I just want to go home at the end of the day and have a beer – and relax and kick back but we have such a focus on uh you know what do you do you know that's like the first question you always get and i i ask the same question it's the i've tried to rephrase it nowadays but like what do you do for work you know (laughs) but um because it's not your identity but there's so much identity in the work that you do and we don't have a quote class system but we we do somewhat judge people based on their job and and the work that they do um which is interesting and and it's not that we don't have motivated people it's not that people aren't trying to learn things it's not don't don't get me wrong but it's just interesting on how perspectives of different cultures and different um people around the world how how their perspectives are different um, oh, of course. Just because yeah. of some of those focuses. And I just wonder how much of that is like America is so focused on work, 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 and put this time in. And it's all about what you do. And uh, so we put so much stress and so much of our time and energy into this job and to the work that we do that we kind of forget about the other things that are going on around around us. Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely do. I, I will say, you know, it's interesting. I follow... I'm, I don't know. I think I've always been fascinated by, um, you know, I'm, I'm a creature of leisure. So uh, yeah. I've always been fascinated by people who are not per se. And I follow so many young people on, you know, Instagram and Twitter who are making and doing cool things who are from, from the U.S. So yeah. there's definitely people here um, 
of course. Again, I think it's like there's no black and white and it's a right. gray area. But I, I, I agree. And I think especially people, um, at least our age or my age, you know, I'm 31, that I see stuck in these moments of a career or job or job change. And, and you know, I think it's it's easy to fall prey to, yeah, your job defining you. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough. I, you know, when I was on the freelance side and I... I had moments of in between work you know you you have conversations with friends and they're like wanting to know you know the the projects you're working on yeah professionally and if you don't have an answer for that uh you feel almost like left out of the race or out of the convo right kind of gets like like, dude i don't have good updates for you today and this is kind of depressing so let's talk later Um, (laughs) so yeah i I don't know it's it's tough i I think that's when you kind of got to fill in the holes with other parts of life to you know supplement that absolutely my buddy tony who i also did a podcast with recently um we were talking about this he's a stay-at-home dad now and his wife is the one that you know she's the 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 one that has the job and works and he stays at home with their their little girl and um you know it just it's been it's been a transition for him with exactly what we're talking to when people are like well what do you do for work you know what do you do for a living and i'm a stay-at-home dad and you know of, of all things to to like honor and same with stay-at-home moms you know and and stay-at-home dads if you choose to do that there's no no one should ever look down upon those people for doing those things i mean it's it's hard it's 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 awesome work but he lost a part of his identity in a sense you know and um just because of being home and not having that answer you know of well i do this you know i'm a teacher and i'm doing this and you know, it took him some time. He was, we were talking about it. He just said, like, it, it took me a long time of really dealing with that and kind of fighting those demons of, uh, of being good enough or whatever that might be, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. My, I mean, good, first off, good for him. And, man, I would, to be honest, I would love to be a stay-at-home. I know. Although I, <laughs> certain things would drive me nuts for Same. sure. But, like, I, um, you know, in thinking of that, you know, whether it's him or, uh, you know, my, for example, my girlfriend, she's amazing. She's so great. And in yeah. the periods of me being in between work, you know, she almost had to be a stay at home parent yeah. way, as far as like trying to, you know, trying to pump me up and get me going on, on things and get excited. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's one of those things where like, you know, your job can really, or, or when you're in a transition kind of thing between, can be very discouraging uh, it, yeah it's, it's tough man it really it really is and so having having supportive partners or having family or, or whatever that can kind of or friends remind you like yeah. you are not you are not your job or you are not the job yeah. that you do not have yet or yeah. whatever it's, yeah it's, it's a it's a tough thing man absolutely carl we've been on some serious topics but I wanna I wanna bring up you were on a TV show. <laughs> that's right, that's right. My wife and I watched what was it called again? I totally blanked. Uh, Love at First Kiss. Love oh, at First great. Kiss. Yeah. My wife and I watched the show and we watched your little episode and it was still awesome. Still waiting on my still waiting on my daytime Emmy. 
if you guys are listening out there google it see if you can find it uh love at first kiss it's a funny little show but carl stevens has a little little cameo in the in the the show and I'm, so i have funny. to tell you dude I won't spoil it for anybody that might go Google this and try to find it, but well, maybe we will spoil it. But anyway, I was surprised. I didn't. I I was like, I just didn't expect it to go the way it went. You uh, oh you surprised gosh, me, sir. You were surprised. You were surprised. <laughs> my girlfriend when she found out, like in a casual conversation, like someone someone brought up the joke and not even assuming that, like, and and truthfully, you know, it's it's not something I'm embarrassed about. Cause yeah. Really you shouldn't be embarrassed. Like, no, it was cool. No, it was like, fun. No, it's, it's hilarious. Well, but what's funny is like I don't I don't think about it very often. Yeah. You know? Which is like it, that even just sounds like that's a, a baked response that I have, like a canned response I tell people. Yeah. I don't think about it ever unless it's brought up in conversation. Sure. What's actually funny is uh, friends of ours, Kevin Trout, you know, yeah. sent me and Sean Poole sent me gifts. They'd make gifts <laughs> of my time on that show at embarrassing moments. They actually sent me that today to make fun of me. That's awesome. Football league. That's awesome. Um, but what's funny is like my girlfriend um, earlier on when we were dating, someone brought it up in conversation and she was so blindsided by it. Almost like she was, she was hurt that I had not, Told kind of to divulge <laughs> this information, but to me, like this, this thing doesn't. You know, I things roll off my my cuff really easy. Yeah, and like yeah, and and I think she thought it was like such a, a big thing, and like I I never think of it, and yeah. she's so like just caught off guard. Like um, <laughs> this might be something you should tell me. And now now she thinks it's funny. Yeah. And now we can laugh. I think in the moment it was just like, a, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Yeah, I have right? no idea that, you know. Um, but no, that was just a funny, it was a funny, funny thing. It's it's interesting how that came about, actually. Um, I don't know if, if we've had the conversation or not. No, I don't think we have. If you want to. Yeah, go for it. Let's hear it. Well, so it's, it's funny because we were... Um, my sister and I and some friends were at, at this place, like this wine tasting place. And okay. This group of, uh, of women were trying to get somebody to take their photo. And they were like, you know, can you, can you take a picture really quick? And so I did. And then they said to um, my sister, who was standing next to me, and uh, she's, she's wonderful. And they basically were like, hey, do you want us to take a photo of you and your boyfriend? And she was like, oh, my gosh. Ew. <laughs> gross. That is my brother. He's single. We are not together. Like, gross. And the woman was just like, wait, is it true? And, uh, you know, the, the response to that is like, uh, yeah, it's true. We're not dating each other. We are yeah. related. And she's <laughs> like, no, is it, is it true? You're single. Uh, I, I do casting for reality TV shows. And I thought she was messing with me. Um, sure. But, but you're in LA, so who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, anyway, she took down my, my, um, contact info and i was intoxicated to be honest and i thought this is funny and i'm never going to hear from this woman again right story and you know lo and behold like a week later i get this random number calling me and i pick <laughs> up and she's you know hey i'm so and so at this casting agency we met at this thing and i think you'd be perfect and come in for an interview and um i just again i thought it was really funny and you know me i'm, I'm always yeah. up for like a, an experience like yeah something that's a good a good story something Absolutely. that i can laugh at later 
So I went in for an interview, and uh, I I crushed it. And the woman <laughs> was they do they do like it was on the office walls. They do casting for like the major reality shows. Yeah. So like I'm kind of half entertaining this thing of like, man, is this like going to be a, a bigger thing? Yeah. Is this just a, a laugh? And um, that's when I started getting like really nervous because I remember being young and coming home from school and seeing TV shows like Eliminate, if you remember that. Ah. And I just remember like everybody that went on those shows looked so lame <laughs> and just not cool, and all the dudes came off as jerks. And so I was starting to get nervous. And you know, I was asking my sister, you know, should I should I do this thing? Like they really want me. Like they were bringing me in for like two hour long interviews Whoa. on the camera. Do you get paid for the asking, interviews too? No, no. no. Um, but to ask really like invasive questions, like really? like yeah, like uh, who's your perfect woman? What's your mom like? What are your erogenous zones? I had oh. no <laughs> erogenous zone was until that thing. And like just, but like like who's your who's your celebrity crush? And and they really get into physical and emotional. By the way, emotional details like. Wait, you freeze. Know. What who's your who's your uh celebrity crush? So, uh it was anyway, I mean, she's still great, but uh when I was young, it was Anna Kornikova, the female okay. um, yep. the professional tennis player. Yeah. She uh there was a tennis tournament where I grew up on Hilton Island, South Carolina, with the professional tour and all the pros, you know, like Serena and, and uh, Martina Hingis and, and Lindsay Davenport and all these people would come yeah. to this tournament and we used to ball boy for it. And I remember nice. when Anna Kornikova, she was like 19, I was like nine <laughs> or something. I don't know. They just got yeah. a little bit closer. But like I just, I, I ball boyed like around her and all these things and I just was so in like a child, um, you know, innocent. Yeah. But head over heels like we're gonna get married kind of way <laughs> that's awesome um thing and um so yeah so that was my that was my answer for them nice um, but basically i was like you know i i confide a lot in my siblings and i remember asking my sister you know should i do this thing and she was like absolutely yeah not. And then <laughs> no I she said me, no oh yeah she said absolutely not like do not do this and then <laughs> asked my twin you know should i do this and he was like absolutely yes yeah like, you have to like i need to be able to laugh at this later down the absolutely line. And, um, i would have so said the I same wobbled. thing as your twin i mean dude it's yeah i mean every every guy i talk to not even from a perspective of like meet meet women or it was mostly they wanted me to do it so they could laugh at me <laughs> uh, which which i totally am fine with and totally yeah. respect um yeah, so I, I didn't want to do it, and I was kind of dodging this woman's phone calls for a really long time. And, um, you know, they, they left me all these messages, and they they were really transparent. They're like, we really loved you. You know, we got all these, these hours of interviews, and we want to make you a main character on the show. And basically, you know, the premise of the show, again, is like, can two strangers who've never met, never yeah. talked, never said a word to each other, can they go into a room without any interaction and kiss and tell right then and there if if something is is there if there's yeah. a relationship if there's a physical and emotional connection yeah um which you know i'm i'm naive enough and and up out of you know what screw it naivety is not fair i believe in things 
can happen, right? Sure. So for me, with how with how serious some of their questions are, you know, I'm I'm thinking, Matt, wow, you know, they might really actually find me someone amazing. Yeah. And um, and you know what? I will never change. I will always have that attitude <laughs> to the other would be contrary to my hopeful belief in things. But anyway. I, for a long time, didn't want to do it, and finally this woman called me, and I was on this family trip, um, you know, abroad, and, and I, I pick up the phone, and she's like, look, I, I can tell you're hesitant, what's the deal? Like, <laughs> what, what's, what are you concerned about? What, yeah. What's wrong? And I said, you know, look, I'm, I'm really nervous that, uh, you know, I, I want to do this because it sounds fun and a cool experience, but I don't. I don't want to be a jerk and I know like you guys, you know, in the reality world, you edit what people say, you splice yeah. things together, you change things up, you build narratives, nothing yep. actually happens. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be made to be something I'm not. And, um, she said, look, I'm going to give you one piece of advice and then you make the decision. Here's the piece of advice. Don't say anything that we can use against you and you'll be fine. Um, it's a so good anyway, point, so said, but okay. it's also yeah, a little yeah. cop out of a of a comment it, it totally, for her. But it totally, it, it, it is it's, true. It's totally a cop out, one hundred percent. But uh, I said, okay, well then, you know what? I'll just really watch myself. And okay, and so I went in. We did the show. Uh, it was hilarious. It was just one day of shooting, and there's so many things to expand upon. But basically, I went into this room. Uh, I kind of told myself. You know, it's funny, like, so no one who really understands the entertainment side of reality TV knows this, but they shoot a lot of scenes that aren't sequential. Sure, yeah. footage that you just use later on. Yeah, like Like B-roll. Yeah, exactly. So the narrative of how it worked is we walk in a room, I kiss this woman, you leave, you give an interview, and then if you liked each other, you go on another date. If you don't, you never see each other again. And yep. they, tell, they told me they would find me another date if I didn't like this person. And so the way they play it is basically like I go in this room, kiss this woman, go back out. She agrees to another date. I don't. And then it shows me walking out like I've just been saved or spared some <laughs> awful expense. Which it couldn't be further from the truth. Because yeah. the first thing we filmed that day, they were like, okay, walk out this door three times. The first time, walk out like you are really unhappy and you just had a really bad experience oh. second time see this time, is these are the out. editing things that you were talking about yeah, really exactly and the second time they're like walk out like you just have the best date ever and um so they can all of that stuff right and, which makes sense in some ways i mean that's like when yeah. when that reality tv what was it that did the invisible children deal yeah. uh they did some of the same stuff you know throughout and totally it's totally yeah it's, it's it's entertainment it's the name of the game yep and um i understood that but uh so anyway i go in this room and it's all white and you're on a sound stage and it's you could hear a pin drop and i'm just getting nervous and like <laughs> they'd already they'd already interviewed yeah. me for, for an hour that day being like okay can you can you find love like do you care more about the physical stuff in a in a partner do you care more about the mental aspects and i was like you gotta have both i gotta have someone who stimulates and challenges me you gotta yeah you know i I want both you know and and all these things and they really build you up and they lead you into the sound stage and you're in there with like seven guys 
all really? cameras yeah. and boom microphones. Yeah. And you're trying to pretend they're not there, but, you know, I'm getting nervous. Like, I think cracked a stupid joke about how they all were <laughs> wearing the same T-shirt and how embarrassing to go to work wearing the same thing. And nobody laughed. So, like, my self-esteem was plummeted at this point. <laughs> um, and then they bring out this woman on the other side of this wall. I can't see her, but I can hear her. And I just remember telling myself, like, all right, Carl, whoever is on the other side of that wall does not matter. You've got to give this person a decent kiss. Yeah. You got it. You just got to go for it, right? Yeah. Like, like a classy, classy, quick <laughs> kiss. Get it done with. Like, not too much tongue, not, you know, whatever. And they already brief you. They're like, look, we've got people who give a peck on the cheek, and we have people who are like getting down out there so yeah do whatever you want like feel it out do whatever you want and um so i was like all right whoever it is man just just go for it quick quick kiss and and see what happens and, uh, <sighs> and this this woman walks out and i gave her a kiss and she pulls away and goes back and you know then they bring you into this interview room and they interview you for another like hour hour and a half or so and um dang it was very interesting, you know, they kind of, this part sucks, they, they could tell that I was not, um, attracted to her, Yeah. and once they understood that, immediately the narrative changed, right, and they, mm. they wanted me to, once they realized there was not going to be another date, they wanted me to play a character, so they, they, there's a producer on the other side of the camera, and they interview you, and they're asking you questions, and they wanted me to start disparaging this woman right which which sucked that was so awful because like you know to me it's like i don't know her i don't know anything i don't even know her name yeah and who who am i to answer questions about how she looks her i don't know her her intelligence anything how who am i to know those things or say those things yeah so many people probably think she's the most beautiful wonderful person and I sure. firmly believe we are, we probably would be great friends. Yeah. I, she seemed, you know, whatever. Like, but, um, but yeah, so, so it's interesting because they wanted me to start saying all these bad things and, um, or, or trying to lead me into corners that would get me to say bad things. Sure. Uh, and I, I didn't really give them much. Yeah. And then they thanked me and I left for the day. Um, but the way it goes, if you watch the episode, is like she says yes to another date. Uh, and then they take her to this room where she's waiting on me to appear. I clearly don't appear. Yeah. So she cries, and and all that could have been acting too. I'm not really sure. But yeah. like, but she starts crying. What's funny is um, when the episode came out, I, I forgot. By the way, I forgot that I had done it because from when it was shot to when it aired was almost a full year later. Yeah. And I, I had just forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, Did they reach out to you and tell you like, hey, it's going to be airing or? Uh, they reached out to me like three months prior and mm. they were like, Hey, just letting you know, um, not all the episodes are cut, but you, this might be coming out in a couple months. Um, I don't know. They're like, we'll get back to you. And then I didn't hear back again. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I just assumed I didn't really give them juicy disparaging material. Right. Um, and so I just assumed it would sit in a canister and never see the light of day. Yeah. Um, what's funny is actually a week after shooting, I saw the producer who interviewed me in a coffee shop. 
Really? I was like, hey, hey, you're from the thing. How, how'd it go? How'd the rest of the show go? You know, whatever. Um, and by the way, one of the reasons I, I said no to another date with this woman also had nothing to do with her, really. I, they just said, hey, we're going to find you more dates if you don't like this person. So I took it right. for example. I was like, you know, well, maybe let's go Anna, for the next one. Yeah. Anna, Anna Kornikova could be exactly. on the next one. My, my current girlfriend who I'm with now could be on the next. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was like, you know, how's it going? And she's like, uh, it's going. I'm going to move back to Toronto. I don't really like the work I'm doing. You know, it's really kind of eating at me. So I got this sense of like, I don't know. She didn't like the interaction we had because she saw what she was trying to do, which was yeah. Um, hurt someone else's character. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, episode aired. I was going to Mexico with a friend for uh, for a vacation, and we were meeting, um, you know, just south of San Diego. We were meeting his his folks at this house that they were going to give us the keys to. And the mom, when she saw the, the video, because he showed her, because he thought it'd be funny to like, have me show up and her having seen it and embarrass me, um, which I didn't care. But she was like, the mom was crying, but she's like, how could you do that to that poor girl? Oh. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Not, you know, I didn't know. I, they never tell you, by the way, they never tell you, like, if you say no to this date with yeah, this person, didn't. we're going to bring her in a room and just leave her there until you don't show up. <laughs> Like, they don't say that. No. Um, Dude, I totally anyway. thought you would show up. I told yeah, I, I told my wife, I told Dana, I was like, I was like, he's too nice. He's going to show up. <laughs> I let you down, man. Well, I know. Again, the reason I, I didn't show up is like. Right, because they, they told you you would have a different, you'd have the potential yeah, for another. Well, they, they, they frame it in, a, in such a way that's like, uh, you know. Look, we're going to find, and you believe them, but I believe them anyway, uh, at the time. They're like, we're going to find you somebody until we find you the perfect person. <laughs> and, and so to, to the way my brain receives that is like, okay, again, like. Sweet, um, let's go for know, it. <laughs> yeah. Or just like my current girlfriend, um, her name is Taylor, you know, like Taylor is the next one, you know, for example. Right, like, like right, this, right. this person I'm going to be with is going to be this next person. So no offense to this girl, but I'm not really feeling it. So, uh, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, or short story long. Um, the, it didn't work out with us, me and that girl. It was a funny episode. And now all of my friends have gifts of my face and embarrassing stuff. <laughs> on me, and I think it's hilarious. I think I'm going to need to see some of those, Carl. I think you're going to have to oh. share, share a couple of those Maybe. with me. Make sure you get them. Uh, it's funny. They. Uh, I was so glad I was on that Mexico vacation thing because I yeah. heard my my previous the agency I was working at. They turned all the computer screens in the morning of the office oh. to the clip on repeat, <laughs> ex- expecting that I was going to come in and just be totally. That's you know, even better. So I thankfully was not at work that day. That's but, awesome. That's awesome. And it's called uh, Love at First Kiss. Once Love again, so give it, it give that show a listen or watch. It blew up recently a while back because one of the people on the show who was far more memorable than I, uh, he, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to you know it's such a spectacle thing we live in. Yeah. But uh, this guy had never kissed someone before, and so it was like the discovery of him trying to go through these motions, and it was awkward. And yeah. You know, there's so many microphones in the room. That uh, it's like yeah. Every, it's, 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 but yeah, so that was the 
that was the foray into that world, man. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, dude, I know you got to get going. Uh, so, is there anything you want to leave us with before we close things out? Uh, I mean, I you know, I I've loved I love talking to you, man. I love what you're doing. I, I think you know what you told me a little bit ago about you know we we all kind of know everybody knows what doing bad in the world is and, and yeah. doing bad work and, and making things worse and mm-hmm. you know whatever your political beliefs whatever your religious beliefs you know at the core people know when so, you know most people anyway yeah. know when something is bad yeah uh, and so it's such an interesting thing of like well how can we do good and mm-hmm. um no i mean i think the only thing to add to that is, is stuff that you're already you know that i try to to get better at because i we all could do better absolutely um, yeah trying to do good both in a level of my small community mm-hmm. and uh on bigger scales when i can support it's absolutely. interesting um alex uh who, who i adore um alex uh he you know we used to live with him obviously mm-hmm. he was telling me something recently where I, you know, I reached out to him and I was, I was like, man, I'm having such a hard time. I think it was with a lot of the, the family separation stuff at that time. Yeah. Um, which is obviously still ongoing. But um, I said something to the tune of like, I, I feel so beaten by this. And I feel, you know, I'm having these conversations with a lot of friends back home. You know, I, I have a lot of friends, uh, not a lot, but I have friends who I have very different beliefs from. And, and a lot yeah. of the things that I Same. feel that they believe in, you know, truthfully, I feel they're pretty fucked up and things that I'm adversely against. But yeah. I, I keep having these conversations with them because I feel that if nothing more, they need to hear from me, somebody they know and, and like, like, yeah. they like me. Uh, that, that I don't think like them. That yeah. my views are not like them, right? Like, I don't want them to live in an, in an echo chamber. Yeah. They have to hear from somebody who looks like them. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and sounds like them and, and comes from where they come from and know that I don't think like they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, Alex, I'm, I'm getting really exhausted by all this. Like, what, you know, what do you, what do you think? Do you think I'm getting through? Do you think there's value in that? What do you, what do you think? And he said something that was so profound. He was like, I, you know, he had an appreciation or an understanding of why I was doing what I was doing. And, you know, um, he said, you know, something to the extent of like, you can't always change or, or fix or have that effect on those people. But the thing mm-hmm. you can do is support the people who are needing that help, who are thinking like you already. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I have friends in the trans community who need me and who I donate to. Not not to organizations, but I, I give them direct money. I have friends who are um, not from this country who are immigrants and, and you know, they're in really tough situations. Sometimes yeah. I literally Ven- Venmo them money because they need it or because I I can tell they need and like so he's like basically saying you know like you know I get it right why you're fighting these battles or these conversations yeah because because I'm not even doing anything valiant I'm just trying to be decent yeah he's like I get I get why you're 
having those conversations. But something that might be good for you is rather than just be having these debates, go to the people who really need you. Yeah. And, and, and work for a while with them. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. You know, this whole time I'm trying to change people's belief systems that I care about. Yeah. But, you know, it's this difficult thing. I really have, because I see value in that, I've really, though, neglected, like, I do have friends who are immigrants. I do have friends who are, mm-hmm. you know, LGBTQ who need these matters and attention. And, yeah. And, and why? You, I, I don't know. So anyway, I guess, you know, when you said, do I have anything I want to leave you with? Uh, no, other than just, you know, I, I love the idea of what you're doing, and I think there's so much good that can be done. And I think yeah. it was really an interesting change in my perspective of, it doesn't always have to be about standing up against people. You can also do those things that are standing up for other people. Um, and they're, they're both right. And I, I don't have all the answers. I don't have so many answers. Um, but I, I thought that was an interesting thing you said. It changed a lot of what I, what I think. Absolutely, Carl. I love everything you said. That was really great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast with me, Carl. Um, I love you, man. You're a good friend, and I look forward to our our next conversation, and hopefully we can have you back on here again sometime. I love you too, dude. Yeah, I I would enjoy that. This has been great and phenomenal, and I hope uh, people got something out of it. You know, opposite just me rambling for a lot of... (laughs) No, it was great. Um, But I I, I appreciate it, man. This was really fun. So I wish you all the best. I uh, am subscribed. I know... My girlfriend is like, well, now I gotta hop on and and hear what you're saying just to make sure you you're not you know <laughs> a loon. Um, Absolutely. And uh, and yeah, I, I wish you nothing but the best, man. So let's keep in touch. And I'll, I'll catch you soon, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Remember, do good, make a difference, and like Carl said, find find what works for you. You know, um, if you want to stand up and stand against something. That's great. Um, But there's also people out there that can use uh, a hand just to come alongside and to help them through the day and help them through their life. So um, find a way to help. Find a way to do good and find a way to make a difference. Love you all. Peace.